0: Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode 43. This episode's for you if you're interested in the role of agency client services director, or maybe you're just curious to see how a copywriting and content marketing agency works. Nina Whittaker is CSD for Stratton Craig, and she's going to talk to us about everything to do with the CSD role, the skills you need, the challenges you might find, and how she also adds value to her clients and keeps ahead of her clients' changing needs. I hope you enjoy this episode with Nina. Let's go over and introduce her now. Today I'm delighted to introduce Nina Whitaker to the show today. She's the client services director for Stratton Craig and Stratton Craig is a copywriting and content agency and I had the pleasure of working with Nina and her team pretty recently and I was particularly struck A, by Nina's leadership style and also the cohesiveness of her team. So it was a really lovely feeling to work with her and her colleagues. So I was really keen to get her on the show to talk about her role as CSD. She's also kind of like deputy managing director. So I think it's really interesting for others, maybe who are interested in getting into the role themselves or, you know, you aspire to do that in the future, to have a little bit of an insight, a window into her life, her role, and just get some thoughts on agency life in general. So welcome Nina, thank you for joining me. Thank
1: you, no thank you for having me Jenny, really pleased to be here.
0: Well I'm delighted and would you mind starting off just by giving us a little bit of background on you and how you got to be a CSD and a bit about Stratton Craig as well.
1: Of course, no problem. I thought I'd actually start with a confession, always a good way to start a podcast. So I was a student then many years ago at Exeter University and, you know, coming into my third year, I was thinking about careers and I saw that there was an event for advertising, there someone talking about advertising. and I thought that is the career for me. That's what I want to do. So I went along, you know, eager to find out more and what I should be doing to get into that. And it just so happened that a former director of Stratton Craig was presenting on copywriting. So before that day, I didn't really realize that there was such a career path and such a huge industry in this space. So I took it upon myself to ask for work experience because really the description of what she was doing as the client services director herself at the time really matched my interests as a business management student, but also my love of writing and essay writing, whatever writing I could get my hands on, I was doing it. So I asked for work experience and probably to say I haven't looked back 13 years later is probably an understatement because I went from there and, and worked my way up through the ranks at Stratton Craig, really
0: wow I never knew that story how amazing is that and actually Nina it's really interesting you say that you didn't know much about it because this is a little bit of a pattern that I'm seeing that a lot of mm. people don't understand what does it mean to be in this industry so
1: yeah. Fascinating. yeah yeah it was and it was fascinating because you hear about all sorts of careers as a student and coming up through school and university and I think advertising is perhaps the closest that you would commonly hear about, certainly when I was at university anyway. But yeah, in terms of copywriting, and it's a really broad industry, to be honest. There's so much, so many formats that you write for, whether it's reporting, social media copy, blog posts, articles, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many different avenues that a career in copywriting or the industry can take you. It's really super varied. So For me, that was the exciting part was knowing that I could merge my kind of passion for writing and editing with probably more of a business management mindset as well.
0: So what did you start off doing? You started off kind of like work experience. and Yeah, anything and
1: everything. Really? (laughs) Anything and everything. Yeah. So when I joined, it was a very small team. There was just three of us. So I joined, I was doing various bits and bobs admin tasks, but also started to get involved in things like costing projects, understanding what it was the clients wanted from us, briefing writers, kind of being a a shadow to, to others in the team at the time. So yeah, so I did that work experience for about three weeks in the end, I think it was. And then it wasn't long after that I was offered the role as account exec. And then, yeah, moved into that kind of more formal role of really helping to keep projects running and keeping clients and writers happy and on track. And then obviously working my way up through the ranks from there.
0: Wow. Tell us a bit about Stratton Craig because you've probably seen during those 13 years an evolution not only of your own role but obviously of the company and what they offer. So how has that changed and what were you offering before and what are you offering now?
1: So when I joined Stratton Craig, actually just before I joined, it had just been bought by Darren who is the owner of Stratton Craig now and RMD. And probably before Darren bought it, it was more of a collective of copywriters. So particularly focused in the legal and financial industries, they were doing a lot of writing in that space. They'd started to build that agency structure with account managers as well. But Darren also had another agency at the time. So he really kind of accelerated that process in terms of building teams and growth around that kind of agency structure. So we went from mainly offering copywriting on an ad hoc project basis through to adding services like tone of voice consultancy, content strategy, and obviously a huge amount of what we were doing went digital as well. So that opened up loads of new avenues of formats and channels that we needed to write for. Yeah, so really helping to support that growth has been a key part of my role, definitely. And the other key thing that is we opened our London office about three years into my role at Stratton Craig. So that then took me to London for six years and I spent my time there and did my stint in London and the team grew hugely in London and then I now am back in Bristol building the team here again so it's been quite a journey and at times it's felt like you know probably I'd say over the the years it's felt like two or three different roles and two or three different businesses almost in terms of the growth that we've experienced.
0: I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but given that you have worked so closely with the business for so long, there's probably not one area of the business that you don't know something about, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say, definitely. I think, you know, I'm fortunate we've got a fantastic team. So I'm certainly not responsible for all those areas. But I think part of the client services director role, but also generally of being a director in a smaller business is that you do have an eye on, everything and opinion on everything is is also really important to have and and to be asked for as well. So, So yeah, I've definitely tried my hand at a fair few different things in the business and also continue to have kind of sight of those things as well.
0: So along that theme, what do you think is the real value of the CSD role in an agency?
1: I was thinking about this actually, because I think the really specific and biggest value probably varies from agency to agency. Because As a client services director, you have sight across, obviously, all of the clients. You have a sight of a lot of the operations within the the agency that you're working for. And for me, certainly at Stratton Craig, that means I have sight of a lot of industries and types of projects. I'm constantly kind of learning from one project what might help with another project and so forth. And being able to have that bird's eye view of things, I think, is so important to the client services director role. And I think it allows you to add value in the way that your agency needs you to. So I personally, I'm always looking out for and considering how do we need to adapt to meet the needs of our clients who are also evolving and adapting. And you know, those needs are always changing. So I think having that person who is always keeping their eye on the future, that forward-looking, okay, this is what our clients are going through. This is what the industries we work in are going through. And um, so that probably means that we need to position ourselves here to make sure that we're able to support them in the future. Um, So seeing what it is and then obviously putting in place the structures, the resources that are needed to deliver on that and to be able to meet those expectations that are on your agency
0: you've also again hit on something that I completely agree with what you've just said like clients buy into us because we do have that bird's eye view mm. over different industries different types of clients sometimes in the same sectors, sometimes not and funnily enough one of my previous guests Carrie Evans from Relationship Audits said that 100% of clients that they interview say that they want agencies to leverage their understanding and knowledge of other industries mm. or other clients to bring to the clients but only 25% of agencies do it so i mean you're obviously in that 25 percent, which is fantastic
1: i think it, it's so important there's you know different industries can learn from one another but it's also just different ways of working there are so many ways you can tackle the same problems and you, as a client services anyone in client services you see the different approaches organizations take and how they work and don't work sometimes so you can kind of bring that to other clients too
0: Yeah, really good, really good insight. Can you describe, you know, a little bit about your role? Like what are the key elements that you get involved in so we can have an insight into, you know, a day in the life of Nina?
1: (laughs) Oh, goodness. No two days are the same, that's for sure. (laughs) I think probably the best way to describe it is driving that full life cycle of a client. So really from the first inquiry or referral or however they've come to us, um, I will often be their first contact. And at the start, a lot of it is about hearing what it is that they're looking, and firstly qualifying you know do we really think we can add value to this client is this the client for us and are we the agency for them and then obviously trying to take that forward into shaping some kind of brief and diagnosing what are their pain points and what value can we add and how do we add that value and so initially understanding their needs and making sure that we're the right people but then also bringing together the right people to be on that pitch, whether it's a pitch or a proposal or However, we're approaching the client and the task and um, making sure I've got the right team around me to show them what we can do. And, you know, I'm certainly not a single person in terms of the success that we've had at Strata Craig. And, that, and that's so important to bring the team to life for our clients, I think. So through the proposal pitch process, and um, once the client's then won, really, that's when I bring on board another member of the client services team. And um, they probably have already been involved in the pitch themselves as well. And they will then take the day-to-day running of the account. And I will then tend to be involved more in key meetings like project kickoff meetings or quarterly business reviews. Anything where I guess it goes beyond just, okay, what are we delivering and how are we going to get there? It's, okay, what perhaps are the pain points that we're facing at the moment? What opportunities have we as an agency seen that we want to tell that client about? Taking that more strategic, again, that forward looking view on things and bringing that to the right kinds of meetings with the client on a regular basis. You're obviously also, of course, seeing your point of escalation if there's any issues. And thankfully, that doesn't happen too much. And, and you know, I think that's testament to the team that we've built at Stratton Craig. But certainly, if there's awkward conversations to be had, they, they can fall to you. So you kind of have to be prepared for those. Beyond that, at Stratton Craig, there's also the people management aspect of the role. So I will be supporting our client services team and our writers with their own roles, their accounts, but also their career development and you know taking helping them go in the direction that I've been fortunate to go in myself. And then whether it's because we're a small agency, I don't know, but I certainly am quite closely and very closely involved with the strategic direction of our own agency as well. So having my eye on so many things allows me to offer that client perspective when we're talking about what services we should be offering or. Even our own rebrand or whatever it might be, it's it's bringing that perspective to Stratton Craig's own growth and development as well.
0: It sounds like you get involved in so much. Like, how do you prioritize?
1: That's a good question. And um, I think that's a key skill that I have learned, particularly in the last few years of my role. And for me, there's I think prioritization comes hand in hand with delegation and really understanding the skills of those around you, because you know everyone wants to be exposed to growth. And development anyway so if I've got 10 tasks to do and time to do three of them there'll definitely be people who can help me with them and and support me on them so partly I look at who can help me with certain tasks and who would benefit from being involved in certain projects and tasks and then in terms of prioritization really I'm a big fan of to-do lists and writing things down and capturing what it is I've got to do and how long each thing should take me and asking myself regularly am I the right person to do this? Is this the right time to do this? Does it have to be done today, this morning, this hour, whatever it might be? And it's kind of constantly shifting that to-do list to allow for reaction as well as kind of proactivity.
0: I think you're on the money as well. I mean, choosing the tasks that are really going to move the needle and move things forward is sometimes difficult, isn't it? Because we get caught out putting out fires and things like that Mm. was it difficult for you because you started off so early in the company and you were doing everything was it difficult to transition into that role where you're letting go and letting others take the lead how did you find that
1: Mm. I think yeah it was difficult I would say it was counterintuitive really because at each stage of my career development the things you're letting go of are the things in your previous role you were so closely held accountable for. It feels really counterintuitive to be like, actually, I don't need to know about that. I just need to know about the outcome of that or whatever it might be. And it was definitely difficult. And I think, again, particularly in my role as CSD, it's been one of my challenges that I've probably taken my time to get used to and to master I don't know even if I've mastered it yet but I think again it's you know building the team around you I've been really fortunate to be involved in the recruitment of the majority of the team at Strata Craig so I've really from their first days with us been able to understand their strengths their ambitions and what it is that they want out of their role so that I can build that help them build that but also know what to send their way what not to send their way and, and To really trust them in their capacity as my team as well.
0: It's kind of gold standard leadership, isn't it? Right there. You know, find out what is going to motivate them because we're all intrinsically motivated by different things Mm. and then help them with their own ambition. Yeah. Tell us a bit about recruitment because we discussed recruitment on the podcast recently. Mm. What's your recruitment process? How do you go about selecting the right people for you?
1: Yeah. So we have a few stages of our process. We try not to make it too laborious, but there's kind of, for us, just an initial informal chat with potential candidates who have shown an interest in a role and just really kind of is this the right fit for you and are you the right fit for us equal kind of footing really and because I think you can write the best job description and you can write the best CV but it's always the things in between the line that really create the magic and so yeah telling them a bit more about the role and you know hearing from them some of that stuff we just talked about in terms of their ambitions and what it is that they want from their next role and everything. And then taking that through to something a bit more of a traditional interview process with competency questions and and so forth, because it is great to hear, really useful to hear real examples of things that they've done and challenges or opportunities that they faced and how they've worked with them. As a writing agency, we also involve some elements of writing in our interview process as well or editing. And then really, I think we at Stratton Craig have found that our most successful recruits We've just had a feeling and that sounds so unscientific, but you can do all the personality tests and everything else. But I think that from those early conversations, you often start to get a feeling whether this person is going to fit into the fabric of our agency and how we work and how we act and behave, I think is key. So we talk a lot and we try to talk a lot outside of interview as well and you know, really just get to know these candidates as people and professionals in their own right, not just as candidates for the role that we're interviewing them for.
0: Mm, interesting and I mean how has your business model evolved I mean do you have a structure in place where you know it gives you the flexibility to scale up when needed because I know how you've been through a growth spurt you've got some fantastic blue chip clients how do you manage to kind of resource you know effectively
1: yeah so Stratton Craig has always had a mixture of writers in-house and a freelance network as well as specialist writers um, many who have actually worked with strategy longer than I have. So very much part of our team, but senior specialist writers who have chosen the kind of freelance route for their careers. So in terms of the writing side of our business, I would say that that has always been very scalable and it continues to be. We have experts across all the sectors and formats that we work with and we build teams around our clients' needs. And that's something that I think we've really managed to perfect the art of doing that and knowing the right people for the projects. I think what we probably have seen more of a challenge with is the client services team because obviously as growth occurs that's more clients to manage and more clients to develop as well you know, really importantly and making sure that our teams have the freedom to do that means making sure that we've got enough client services people on board to really grasp those opportunities so we have been through a bit of a growth spurt in the past year or so and in addition to that we also have some project managers for example so we do see a difference between account managers and project managers so We can bring project managers in to manage a certain project for a client or a few clients' projects at a time. But in terms of that actual client management and account management, that's the people that we want in-house and the people that we build up in the team internally. So I think the easiest way to be scalable is to see that separation between the two.
0: Mm. So ease of scaling, because I agree with you separating the role. And I know we've had this conversation in the past, but sometimes the account managers who are also doing the project managing, it can impede those who are particularly good at expanding and developing those accounts. So just to kind of reiterate, is that a deliberate thought on your part to keep them separate so that they could do those roles?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, there is certainly still an element of project management involved for our account managers, but in those times when we've seen a real pinch in resources or you know a sudden influx of work that we need to deliver, that's when we've really been able to say, okay, it's the project management that we can get some support on here. The clients need to have their regular contacts and a dedicated account manager having the key conversations with them, but actually, what is it that you, account manager, can can just give to someone else because it's essentially the project management part of your role so it's not completely separate all the time but in the moments of a squeeze we can separate it quite quickly
0: Mm. we talked a bit about josh and craig offering also you know strategic support for clients Mm. and really having that bigger picture and umbrella view tell me a bit about your strategic department like do you expect the account managers to have that strategic head or do you see that as somebody else's role
1: I think there's an interesting question because I think there's two parts to it really and some of our clients come to us commissioning a strategy project so they might want a content strategy or just a messaging framework or a part of what's going to become their comms strategy for them as a a business so we have our content strategists and comms consultants there doing that Um, those people also do get involved in our client account management as well and our account development. But certainly our account managers are looking at all of their clients from a strategic perspective in terms of really understanding their pain points and diagnosing, you know, what does that mean for you as an individual in your business? How is that causing you trouble every day? And what can we as an agency do to help you solve that? So constantly kind of asking those slightly deeper questions rather than just what's the next brief that we can do for you. But also certainly for our top tier clients helping them to look forward to look ahead at the opportunities that are coming their way and what could they be communicating about next what might be a challenge that's on the horizon that communications could help them solve etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's kind of strategic viewpoints on both sides and we are lucky that we have our content strategists because they can really help inform you know they're fantastic researchers and have a fantastic eye for spotting these kind of opportunities and challenges, but equally the account managers are learning from them and taking those processes into their own hands as well.
0: Great point. Great point. It's good to have that mentorship internally, isn't it? Mm. You mentioned earlier that you have quarterly business reviews, QBRs with your clients. Do you find that generally clients are open to your suggestion for having QBRs?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think we've seen a variety. Some clients want them monthly, to be honest. Some clients really, you know, they find that the more regular, the better. And whereas some clients actually have their own cadence already of meetings, and there's just one particular type of meeting that we fit into. So rather than adding another one to the list, we might be invited to something that already exists. And so that could be bi-monthly or even just twice a year, something like that. So I think suggesting them always leads to something. It might not always be a quarterly business review, but whether it becomes a monthly or twice yearly, and it allows you to kind of hear how you can best fit into that strategic decision making that they're already doing themselves.
0: I think that's a really golden tip right there for anyone that's not currently doing it. In my experience of working with different types of agencies sometimes if the perception is oh we only do this, it's a service that's a little bit probably downstream then how could we offer this kind of more upstream service. So mm. as you say just suggest it because presumably how has that helped your relationships with clients being, you know, earlier in their planning process?
1: Mm. I think it brings focus to that proactive task that we like to do with our clients and and it gives them a moment in time when they can expect it from us as well and you know they prepare for it as much as we do to make sure that those sessions are really really useful so they will share stuff with us in advance sometimes voluntarily or sometimes because we've requested it but things that are really going to help us make the most of an hour or two together and almost always you know we need more time because everything that we've discussed throws up more questions or more ideas etc etc so it allows us to have that kind of brainstorming moment that actually then leads to many more of those types of conversations in the weeks after as well.
0: Fantastic you've mentioned quite a few of them so far but what do you believe are some of the essential skills for the CSD role? Mm,
1: I think there's some that are common to every client services role of course so organisation and time management are crucial and only intensify as you become more senior in that Kind of space I think the one that I always hone in on is listening listening to clients and to your own team as well I think is absolutely crucial because it's only really through the listening that you can spot those opportunities read between the lines or hear between the lines and spot the challenges that you're there to help your clients face so yeah I think my tip would be listening is the one to hone and to really focus on and then with that comes also empathy and once you've listened, you know, understanding and truly feeling what it is that your clients are thinking or your team are thinking so that you can offer them the help that they need in that moment. But I think the worst thing you can do is go in with assumptions as to the position they're in and not hear what it is that they're really saying to you about what they want or need from you.
0: Great advice. Anything else? Oh,
1: gosh, anything else. Definitely problem solving is the other mm. the other aspect of the role. And problems not always being a bad thing. You know, there's it's opportunity solving in some cases as well. But yeah, I think there's this constant need to adapt and shift and be ready to pivot at any time, depending on what it is that comes through the inbox, through the client inquiry, through the website and so forth, and making sure that you're always kind of ready to think on your feet as well.
0: I think this is really good advice because the agency life is very much like that, isn't it? No day, as you said at the beginning, is the same. Mm. And you have to have that kind of mindset, growth mindset and flexible kind of approach to most things Mm. in order to survive.
1: Yeah. One of my mentors, a coach that I've worked with, once described my role. And it was just as I was going into the CSD role. And I was, you know, having a bit of trouble moving with the role and, and making sure that I was always kind of changing direction as I needed to. And she was like, "You are essentially the football manager on the side of the pitch. The ball's always moving. Your players are always moving. Their players are always moving. And you need to look to watch all of it and just keep moving with it all and adapting. You know, your steer and your direction based on where the ball is going next." And um, that's probably really, I haven't done her analogy justice. But I remember at the time thinking, like finding some peace in that understanding of actually." that's my job now my job isn't just to follow the project plan and just to keep going and deliver my job is to steer everyone around as, as everything keeps on shifting and moving so I found that a very useful way of looking at it
0: it's a fantastic analogy and I'm going to steal it <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, (laughs) I think that's a brilliant, brilliant. Actually, anyone who's even thinking about going into the CSD role, Mm. that's a very easy way of understanding what it's all about. So thank you for sharing that one. That's really brilliant. (laughs) You've talked about you're working at a more strategic level with clients generally. Can you share some examples of some of the most effective ways that at Stratton Craig, you've been able to help your clients' businesses grow?
1: Yeah, of course. So I think at a very fundamental kind of level Stratton Craig works with clients in a lot of technical sectors, and you know the past kind of five years or so, I would say that there's been a real awakening as to the need to communicate clearly and accessibly with audiences. Even in those most technical sectors, you're still really communicating with people. So something that we really focus on is that clarity and accessibility of the comms that we write for those kind of industries, which I think in itself fosters understanding and engagement and loyalty that delivers growth for clients. Almost immediately, really, compared to perhaps how they have been communicating in the past. And then also through our strategy services, we are helping clients to explore new formats and new channels. And every other day, there's a new way that you could communicate with your audiences and actually helping them to explore and experiment with those. And crucially, to measure the success of those experiments is also helping our clients to reach wider audiences, new audiences, or just to reach their current audience in new ways as well. Um, the other thing that we do is produce a lot of annual and sustainability reports so for me that's about laying the foundations for growth you know these are the things investors and analysts and everyone are looking at so before you've even thought about your end audience, we're actually helping with the setting and, and making those solid foundations on which to grow as well and that's a huge partner and certainly increasingly growing in terms of the advice and support that our clients needs is you know those regulated industries that have to report on these things and ESG and so forth, it's becoming a huge topic for them. And without those, the ability to grow is hampered. So so certainly that as well.
0: Mm, I bet you've seen a huge growth in requests for that support. We have.
1: Yeah, as I said, ESG has been certainly past couple of years a real influx based on various regulations, but also kind of alongside that is a general need for tying together everything a business is already saying into a more cohesive narrative as well. So we're working with clients to look at everything they're currently saying and bring it together to kind of a single source of truth because global businesses have so many versions of the same story in all these different contexts that actually having, again, that external bird's eye perspective on it can really help to see quite how incohesive they can be at times. And bringing that together can be really helpful, I think, for
0: them. Absolutely. You talked about measuring success. How easy is it to measure success in the world of copywriting and content strategy?
1: That's a question we ask so often. (laughs) And it's certainly not easy. It is possible, though. I think the thing to remember is that rarely does anything stand on its own in terms of the success that you get. So alongside copy, you also have design. and, And I think those two things work together to deliver the results that you get. So we would never claim success purely based on copy but there are ways that you can understand and evaluate the success of what you do so particularly if it's online there's all sorts of the metrics that you get through things like google analytics where you can see you know are people engaging for longer with our blogs now for example or are we driving more traffic because actually we're talking about more relevant things so we're appearing in more of the search results etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's some fundamental pieces like that but we also do things like social listening or focus groups as well for our clients where we just understand what, how their audiences perceive them. And that's a much kind of softer measure of things. But if a client has struggled with how it's being perceived or they're you know, going through a rebrand and want to be shifting their position in the market, that's such a useful way of, of hearing from clients based on, you know, your tone of voice was this and it's now this. Read those two statements and tell us which company you prefer the sound of and and so forth. So there are definitely ways to do it. And what we tend to do in those early stages of any strategic project is identify what are the relevant KPIs that we can use for this project that are going to get us closest to understanding the ROI.
0: Mm. It sounds like you play the role of really steering the client through this. Because, I mean, do you work with every type of business from kind of startup to global companies? I mean, I know a handful mostly are global, but do you qualify which types of companies you can help the most?
1: Yeah, we do. We work with all types of businesses, to be honest. A lot of our clients are global and multinational companies, but there are definitely startups and smaller companies in there as well. And I think that the common thread between them is that they understand their need to communicate clearly consistently and engagingly with their audience so they they value their communications so we work across all sectors as well so in some sectors it's that they are really struggling to stand out and that's the kind of challenge that that they come to us with but in others it really is actually no one understands what the hell we do so can you help us articulate it better than we can ourselves because we're way too into the detail so it, it varies so much but i think it's just that recognition that the words they're using really matter
0: very, very powerful, mm. aren't they? Going back to your role as mm. CSD, talk me through some of the challenges that you face. Like, give us some examples of things that you really have to be prepared for.
1: So I think that football football match analogy is a good one because the day never stands still, really. You know, there's there's so many things going on within the team and the, and the clients that you have that actually there are constant surprises and some of them are good and some of them aren't good, but it's just always putting yourself in a mindset where you're ready to shift direction and reprioritize as you need to, for sure, because you are pulled in a lot of different directions. And I would say it's not unusual that all of those things require attention at the same time, you can get that perfect storm quite regularly. So I think, yeah, prioritizing, delegating and managing expectations as well. You know, I think over my years in client services, probably My biggest learning is that when I'm honest with my clients and I share, you know, this is what we're able to do, but this is what we're not able to do right now. That's what really I find strengthens the relationship and moves it forward when you're facing a challenging period. So I think, yes, certainly managing expectations and making sure that clients and teams are always communicated with clearly and and, you know aware of the state of play really is super important. And then in terms of other challenges, I think moving into the CSD role, as I said, is a challenge because you're having to let go of things that have always been part of your role. So certainly for me, that was a challenge of moving into the role. And then beyond that, I think it's perhaps something around the fact that as a CSD, you need to kind of allow your team the freedom to fail. And that comes to me very unnaturally because I just want to support my team and help them do the very best possible. But I know that I've had learnings along throughout my career and they've been some of the biggest turning points of my career. And so it's so important to kind of advise and guide people, but also to step back and not kind of, I guess, not micromanage them through to success, because actually that's not really success on their own terms. So for me, that's a big part is kind of allowing them freedom. And being there to support them should something go wrong, but certainly not micromanaging or kind of babysitting, I guess.
0: I've seen how your team have responded to that and the way you manage. And I think you're an absolute natural. And that's probably why your team is so loyal. And you build that trust so quickly. I'm not just saying that, honestly, through an external observation. So you are doing that really well. I'm just curious to know, obviously, you know, do you have any kind of insight into how you manage people? Like if you had to train another person in how to manage others, is there any kind of thing that you would Mm -hmm. say? You mentioned don't be a micromanager. I think that's clear. You know, find Mm -hmm. out what their ambitions are so that you can help them progress. Anything else that you think would be useful?
1: I imagine a lot of client services director in a similar position to me where they have been in the role that they're managing themselves. So... For me, I quite regularly refer back to things that I experienced in the role when I'm talking to my team and trying to help them understand how to manage a situation or, you know, just guiding them on a particular task that they're having to do. And I will share the learnings that I had when I was in a similar situation, which I think the benefit of that is that it brings me kind of into the room with them and not kind of just someone who's telling them how to do it and, oh, you should do it that way because that's the right way. It's actually, I did it and I learned this. So you can decide what you do with that. But that's kind of my experience of, of this challenge that you're facing or this opportunity that you're facing. So yeah, so, you know, being honest about the challenges that I had when I was at that stage, I think, helps to humanise the relationship between you, really. I also have invested quite a lot of time in getting to know my team as people and outside of work. You know, we are a sociable bunch. So I know lots about them and they know lots about me. And that doesn't work for everyone. But I find, particularly in a small business, it it has fostered a real sense of cohesion and support within the workplace and I think it's that genuinely understanding that you've got each other's backs and for me as a manager that's really important when I'm having to deliver some bad or difficult news or having to kind of uh, work through a challenge with someone is actually I think that belief that I've got their best interests at heart comes from knowing them as more than just my account management team kind of thing.
0: Lovely. I think that's fantastic. I'm interested in your view on this. And one of the biggest questions I get asked most frequently is, "What do I have to do to get promoted from account manager to account director?" Mm. And similarly, for those that are maybe at a senior account director level looking to step up to CSD, and I'd be really interested in your view on what is it for both of those steps. I personally think it is a step. But having been through all of that and seen it with your team, mm. have you got any? Yeah. To-
1: I think. I'm not surprised that's a common question because it's something I struggled with when I was going through those stages. And I think I particularly struggled with the concept of the difference between account manager and account director. Because actually when you describe many elements of the role, and even when you see the people in action, they're often working on similar tasks or the same tasks together quite often. And, you know, they probably are responsible individually for certain clients, et cetera, et cetera. So it's hard to distinguish what it is that makes you an account director versus an AM? And um, I think certainly, Stratton Craig, and my understanding generally is, it's probably more about how you do what you do than what you're doing. And I think stepping into having a, that more strategic focus, you know, as you become the account director, you really are responsible for steering your client in the direction that you, as an agency, believes they should go in. So it's about always bringing and being prepared to share your independent opinion of a situation a challenge an opportunity a trend whatever it might be kind of being well researched into what it is that your client does their industry and the opportunities that they have ahead of them and bringing that to meetings and articulating it in a persuasive way I think taking them on that journey with you and building that kind of authority and trust that they're kind of like actually yeah Nina really knows what she's talking about on this topic. She's clearly been speaking to others or she's seen a really interesting article or whatever it might be that's kind of, I didn't know that and I think Nina can help me with it kind of thing. So for me, I think moving into that account director role, that's the big part of where you start to do a lot more of that. And I think that was the hardest thing for me to grasp was like, but I am, you know, putting ideas on the table, et cetera, et cetera. But actually once you're doing that, you see that taking that slightly more forward-looking approach is actually quite a big difference to what you were doing as an account manager
0: I love the way that you explain that thank you I hope it makes sense it does (laughs) total sense total sense and and what about this leap I say leap but you know maybe Mm. you've got someone listening that's thinking well I'm senior account director I know I'm ready for CSD what do you think that big jump Mm. is about
1: I think I mentioned earlier that part of the key to the role is being able to understand strengths of others around you and building teams and using the skill sets that are within your team and I think demonstrating that you can do that I think you have opportunities to do that in any client services role but but demonstrating that as a senior account director is certainly very important and I think also from my experience a big difference was showing and demonstrating my interest and my affinity for the strategy of Stratton Craig as an agency as well because Obviously, as a client services director, you then are brought into it many different conversations about actually where are we going as an agency and where should we be going as an agency. So in the run-up to becoming client services director, I was actively looking for processes that I thought actually I think we can improve that, or services that others are offering that we aren't, that I think we should be, looking for opportunities to develop and improve the ways we work and the things we do as an agency. I'm taking those to, to Darren, my boss. And showing him, you know, I really care about Success Stratton Craig, and and this is my idea, and kind of being open to the feedback on that, and then actually driving that forward, and and kind of yeah, I think driving it is, is key rather than just giving someone an idea and hoping someone else does it kind of thing.
0: Again, really nicely put, you know, two things really bringing the best out of others, because let's face it, not everybody can, mm. or not everybody finds it easy to do so. You know, it's not to say you can't learn how to do it, and then being that real commercial business leader with that view of I'm passionate about where this business is going yeah I'm I'm obviously passionate about the client's businesses and how we can help but also where we go
1: yeah definitely and you've just reminded me something on leadership is in any industry that's certainly something I've experienced is increasing my self-awareness has I think been really key to becoming a client services director you know understanding what it is that motivates me Truly, um, what it is that triggers me when I'm stressed or under pressure and kind of shifting my perspective on stress versus pressure as well. And that's a whole other conversation. But, But yeah, certainly I had a coach who helped me to better understand how I was coming across to both my seniors and more junior members of the team and how I could adapt the way I communicated when I was under pressure. Um, to better support others and and lift each other up and things. So there's definitely something in building your self-awareness to become a better leader, I think is, is crucial.
0: That is such a good tip, Nina. Can you share what actually was the feedback to you? What was that kind of light bulb moment? Do you mind sharing? Yeah,
1: of course. Yeah, of course. So I think the time came when Stratton Craig, so I'd been in London for six, seven years, and we decided actually we're going to reopen the Bristol office And that I was going to lead that kind of reopening and the building of the team in Bristol. And so I think I had a bit of the weight of the world on my shoulders at the time. You know, I was managing my own personal life move to Bristol and also trying to recruit and train a number of new team members in Bristol and keep all of those London clients happy and, and make sure that everyone was still on track there as well. So it was a big task. And this was when I kind of was put in touch with this coach because we talked about it and she had been in the office with me at times and obviously we would had feedback from the team and I think that when the world was on my shoulders it all came out through my face and (laughs) I'd be sat at my desk like frowning like this you know and it would make some of those new members and staff not feel like they could come and ask me a question because they were like oh gosh Nina's so stressed out I can't go over you know and it was simple things like a post-it note on my screen to tell me to you know remember to look up and just breathe or whatever it was but that was for me one of the very simple pieces of feedback that I got that I've really tried to work on since was just not holding all that stress within because it does show even if you're trying really hard not to bother everyone else there are ways that it shows so share the load with your manager or whatever it might be and and it will naturally kind of play out differently for you and then another thing that I really learned was the ways that others communicate as well you know some people communicate completely you know they hear things or some people feel things and it was listening out for what others say so that I could adapt how I was talking to them at the time to deliver the message better or in a way that would make them feel more listened to and to show that they were listened to as well so yeah there was various various things we worked through and I still talk to her now so it was a fantastic experience but there was definitely a kind of a big shift at that point for me in terms of self-awareness,
0: definitely. Brilliant, brilliant tips. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm sure those little insights and the story around it would be really helpful to others. I certainly do, do. Just I had something similar happen to me. I My face said it all. I was just yeah. like... you know, and you don't, because as you say, as a leader, you set the tone energetically Mm. for the rest of the team. You know, if you walk into the office with a face like thunder, having had a bad weekend, it reverberates, doesn't it, around the office and everyone kind of feels this tension. So thank you for sharing. That's really, really useful. Um, So just talking about the future, how do you see things evolving for your clients? How do you see the services you offer kind of matching the ever changing needs of your clients? Mm.
1: I think something we are seeing is that in the long distant past, as I said, we did a lot of projects with our clients. And what we're now seeing is that clients actually require entire programs of content. Um, And that's really across all the industries we work with. And within those programs, there is a need for so many different formats and channels and requirements that it's not just one writer to work with a client. It's actually a team of maybe 10 writers working together and also individually on certain projects within that program and bringing a real range of skill sets together to actually cover all the bases and and to make sure that those communications are really successful so certainly we're seeing a trend away from we need to create a website towards actually we're rebranding and and these are all the things we need to do and, and we need to make sure that we're threading the same story throughout all of them so I think definitely that clients are joining up their own things more, which is then obviously filtering through to the work that we're doing with them as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And are they becoming more open-minded to having sort of project teams working remotely in different places? Are you seeing a shift in that as well?
1: Yeah. And I actually have seen that they value knowing that, you know, we have writers who many are based in the UK, but many aren't. So actually having writers who perhaps can work in different jurisdictions for our legal clients or who understand the cultural nuances and how certain language is going to be received in a certain market. Yeah, there's definitely a want, particularly from obviously our global clients, to have a team that reflects their globalness, I think, for
0: sure. Mm, amazing Mm -hmm. Nina this has been fantastic thank you so much for sharing so much value it's been really really insightful and it's great for me to get to know you uh, on a different level as well so this has been brilliant I'm just keen for you to kind of share your contact details first of all who would you like to be contacted by and how can they get hold of you
1: cool so firstly if anything I've said resonated with anyone I'd be happy to hear from anyone who has got ambitions in the industry and In terms of account management, you know, I've myself benefited from mentors and advice throughout my career, so I'd be really happy to chat to anyone. And then in terms of clients, I think you know we do work across lots of sectors and formats, so I won't bore you with those. But I think clients who are looking for a a partner, a partner that specialises in writing and words, so perhaps to work in collaboration with the other agencies that they might have on their roster, and clients who are really happy to open up their strategy to us, because I think that's when we can really add the most value and build the best relationships when we really fully understand what are their pain points and what really are their objectives, their business objectives that we are part of meeting. So for us, that's Nirvana is, you know, having clients where we really do become that seamless extension of their team and can support them in strategic discussions as well as the delivery of their projects.
0: Amazing. And is the best way to get hold of you on LinkedIn or your website?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm on LinkedIn, Nina Whittaker. And also you can just drop me an email
0: at nina at stratoncraig.co.uk as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nina, again. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Nina and have come away with a few ideas, maybe for your own role, perhaps a CSD. Now, a quick message about my Account Accelerator program. This is designed for agency account managers and account directors. It kicks off again in September, September the 23rd. If you're interested, then go over to my website, accountmanagementskills.com forward slash training, where you can find out more information about the program. It's designed to take your agency from unpredictable revenue to more predictable account growth so it's all about expanding those existing relationships and I'm going to leave you with a quote from one of my participants from this year Aaron Kirkup from Indie Spring which is an app development agency and he's just going to say a few words about the results that they've had from the program
2: in terms of results that we can directly attribute to the account accelerator program we had our first million pound proposal which was really well received by our client and looks very likely to sell through in the near future i think that was in large part down to the training that jenny had provided things like maximizing the value of conversations leading the conversation all of the tips that we were given by jenny have been really really useful and and definitely helped in making that proposal land with maximum impact also quarterly business reviews which is something that we were doing anyway but now have a more structured format around they've helped us to uncover some new opportunities so There's an opportunity for us to move into a new space in virtual reality, which is really exciting for us and is something that maybe we wouldn't have uncovered without the work that we've been doing with Jenny. The other thing is improving the value of our retainer relationship with one of our major clients. So there's a very good chance that we can increase the value of that retainer by around 50% this year. And that's due to using that quarterly business review template and going through that process with the client. We've uncovered massive opportunity there and obviously With this being retainer, that gives us the opportunity to take on additional staff, to be really bold and confident in in the way that we approach the next 12 months. So that's a massive bonus for us.